Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. If industrial plants could capture CO2... Think how we could help lower emissions. ExxonMobil is working to make it happen. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. What was unexpected? How about the Vikings not trying tonight? <laughs> there. There's something unexpected. If uh, you think I'm crazy, then I say just go fill it up at ExxonMobil. They got it all going on. They make it happen. Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader, starting with the Colts battling the Broncos or Kyler's Cardinals taking on the Saints, followed by the Browns and Pats in Foxborough. It all begins with JB and the boys on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. On CBS, our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS, brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes... You could save 15% or more on your car insurance. All right, so the Vikings win another boring, miserable Thursday night football game. Are they not just terrible every week? Do you think it's the players just saying, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go play, but we're going to just go through the motions. We're not going to try. I mean, it was that was the most lifeless football game you ever saw in your life. Like, was there anything exciting at all to talk about of that football game? Nothing. It was an absolute boring, snooze-fest, unwatchable football game. Can you believe I just read the Vikings didn't punt all night, and they only scored 19 points. Can you believe that? I mean, I, that was just terrible. That, that game was terrible. You got to be kidding me. Like, what is it? what do you get out of that game? Like, in the film room, right? You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to get out of that? That you've improved or that you've gone backwards? They couldn't mess with the Washington Redskins, who are just as hapless as any team in the league that's terrible. They're one of the worst teams in the league, and the Vikings could do absolutely nothing against them in their own building. I'll give them this. They won the game. That's it. This is what, week eight, right? This is week eight we're in? Yeah. By my count, just looking at it, there's only been two good, watchable Thursday night games so far. So two out of eight, in my opinion. The Eagle-Packer game that we watched when we were in – L.A. that night, that high-scoring Eagle-Packer game. That was Lambo. good. That was a good game. And I thought that that Rams-Seahawks game was pretty good, the one where the Seahawks uh, beat the Rams at the end of the game. That game was pretty high-scoring back and forth. Other than that, all these other games have been awful. And what about Monday nights? Have they been awful, too? I'll bring that up now. Are you surprised that uh, the Warriors have come out like this, down 27-19? They were down, what was it, 14 nothing. No, I'm not surprised at all. Everyone's saying that the Clippers are going to win the title, aren't they? And they've lost so much talent on this Warriors team. I mean, Steph Curry's still great, and Russell's, you know, a great guard too, but they lost so many guys that could do so much for them, especially with Draymond going out early in this game too. It's not surprising that they're getting their butts kicked. What are they saying that injury is with uh, Green? Is it his arm? It looked like it was his elbow or arm. Monday night, same percentage so far. Two out of seven going into this week, and I don't think you're going to get a – 
a good one with Steelers Dolphins on Monday night. So only two good Monday night well, games. Well, they're both awful, so that might be the game of the year. Maybe it will be. The only two good Monday night games so far, that first week, that St. Texan game was a really good game. Opening night, opening Monday night, where uh, right. both scored touchdowns in like the last minute. And the other good one was the Packer-Lion game with the that bad calls two weeks ago. But that was so other bad with that, the refs. All the other Monday night games have been blowouts or just completely. So I'm coming in here Monday for the Steeler game. Yes. And then I'm off the rest of the week. Next week. I have no idea what's going on in here. I don't know who's doing it. I have no, I don't even care. Oh, I'm excited now they're telling me. Jody and Moore. So you got a jo- Jody Mack twice and uh, Chris Moore twice. That's what I have been told by right. those gentlemen, yes. There you go. He asked me today why I didn't take off Monday. Who did? Uh, the boss? The boss, man. And I'm like, because my wife's out of town and, uh, you know, she's gone and she's not coming back till the middle of the week. And, I, I, you know, I'm watching kids and everything else. I got, you know, nothing better to do than to go to work than to sit home, you know, and deal with all that. So I want to watch the Steeler game. It might as well work, right? I mean, I'm not jumping up and down about it, but uh, they asked me why I was doing it, and I was like, it just it is it is what it is. Like if I was taking off and I wouldn't you want to like take it off with your whatever your family or something, and they're not there, so why would I not go to work? No one's home. So there you go. I know my kids don't want to hang out with me. Like when I'm home, they they like hang out in their rooms. You know what I mean? They have like a lot of rock star status going on in their rooms. They got it all going: video games, basketball, football. Uh, you know, on the TV, uh, the, they got the phones going. They got the Facebook, FaceTime going. They got it all going. They don't have time for dear old dad. I don't think I hung out or wanted to hang out with my parents either when I was their age at all. You know what I mean? Did you want to hang out with your parents when you were 15? Uh, probably not particularly. No. So I think that's what that problem is. I mean, it is really, for me, weird watching Curry play and basically by himself, right? Is it not funny that they lost everybody? Can you believe Durant just walked right out of there? See ya. After all that success and titles, and he just said bye. I'm going to go sit on the bench in Brooklyn for a year and ride it out with the Nets and play with the Nets for what? What is he going to play there, three years? Can you believe that? And that, I mean, well. It, Did you see him when they introduced him last night to the crowd? Durant in Brooklyn? Uh, no. Well, he came out, obviously, in uh, you know in his street clothes. He's obviously not playing all year. Right. But he still introduced him to the crowd. He looked like it was like the last place he ever wanted to be. Really? Dude came out, every you know Kyrie came out pumped up. I think he even talked to the crowd. Kyrie. He did. He did like a speech. He did. All into it. They announced Durant. He comes through the tunnel, you know, and like he looked like it was the last place he wanted to be on earth. Really? He just walked over to the bench, didn't wave to the crowd. Nothing. Zero. I got. Why is that? Him. What What is that about? That makes no sense to me. Isn't he happy? He's the one that said he wanted to play in Brooklyn. Is that guy ever really happy? He always seems like he's you know pissed off about something. Pissed off about something or at someone or. That's unbelievable. I mean, he got a big fat deal with the Nets, didn't he? And he's like not happy. Maybe it's because he's not playing. He's bummed out. You know that he's injured. That he's not going to play at all. 
So they came back. They were down. It's 29-25 now. So they gave it a hell of a run. You got to admit, to get back into this game, down, what was it, 14 nothing or something. It's crazy. And they got their brand-new arena they're rocking tonight, the Warriors. They played preseason games in there, but this is their uh, regular season opener. It's a nice building, that's for sure. Can you believe that they're finally playing in San Francisco and not in uh, that dump out in Oakland? You can say whatever you want about uh, Oracle and the East Bay and, and uh, you know, the bottom line was is that was a very loud arena, I'll give you that, but it was a dump. That whole, that whole facility is a dump. That's why I call it the dump. The Oakland Alameda County Coliseum is a dump. It's a horrible baseball stadium. It's a horrible football stadium. And the basketball stadium was 40 years old, wasn't it? I mean, what do you need to know? It was time. The fact that the A's still play in that bomb shelter is just unbelievable to me. I cannot believe that a major league team in a city that big cannot get a, a stadium built. That's amazing to me. Everybody else builds them. You know, how about Texas? They build one every 20 years. Like, they don't have a problem building stadiums, do they, down in Dallas? Oracle was open in 1966. I mean, it was really old. But whatever, that's even older, right? That That's uh, 50 years old. Right, so it's what, one year younger than you? Yeah. One year old, yeah, older, or I'm I'm older than the arena. By one year. Yeah, but I got to tell you that it was time. But how is it that the A's don't have a baseball stadium? It is I mean, that is inexplicable. I don't even how how is that possible that they've never played, and you know, in anything but that dump that they can't build a new stadium. They've been talking about building a stadium there since I've been alive, but they've never done it. It's amazing to me. Well, it seems like a lot of these cities are starting to really shy away from trying to put all this money. To, I mean, especially out there. Obviously, we've seen that with the Raiders, with the A's, with you know them moving back to San Francisco for the Warriors. Right. A lot of these cities are starting to shy away from putting up all this money, especially the smaller, you know, not big market ones. If you're going to make the money back, you know, because it's going to be full every week or every game, and you're going to have concerts and these other things there, then maybe they'll put the money into it. But I mean, after what happened in Miami, I think some of these cities are just saying, you know what? If we're not guaranteed to fill this place, it might not be worth it. Yeah. I found out the rant clip. You can watch it on the break. What? Are you serious? <laughs> Next break, come in and watch it. It's hilarious. He just bored to death. He looked like he's the last place on earth he wanted to be. <laughs> I mean, it's just hilarious. Maybe he's bummed he can't play. Maybe that's it. I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I think Mafia's right. The guy's always miserable. That's probably it. He really is. He just remember he hates the media. He hates everybody. You're not allowed to ask him how he's feeling. He's you know just let me ball, man. Stay out of my life. Who cares? I mean, I could give a rat's ass about his life. Honestly, like, what do I care what he does? You know, I think that when he plays with uh, Irving, it's going to be you know. Pretty magical. I think they're they're gonna fill it up. There's no denying it. It's no different than him playing with Curry, and and Thompson. Uh, if he plays with Kyrie Irving, is I mean that guy is absolutely just a flat out scorer, right? So he's gonna do whatever he wants. He had 50 last night in their opener. They lost, but I mean that guy put on a show. He can do whatever he wants every night. I mean that guy can score 30 plus a night every single night if he wants to, without a doubt. It's just crazy. By the way, there was a really good uh, that 
that college football game was crazy tonight. Uh, the SMU hanging on by a thread, 34-31 over Houston on the road. I think there's about 11 seconds left. What? Five seconds left? But they can't score, can they? They're like at their own 37. They are at the 47 of SMU. Oh, so they're inside the 50? They're inside the 50, so they're getting set up for a Hail Mary, it looks like. They got a Hail Mary. They can't kick a field goal that far. So they're going to throw a Hail Mary. What, are they in a timeout or something? Just spiked the ball. They're about to run the last play. Really? There you go. 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. The Clippers just do whatever they want against the Warriors. Have you noticed this? I mean, it doesn't matter how close they get. They just score. I mean, at will. They're scoring at will. And the Warriors are struggling to get looks and buckets. And it just looks like the Clippers are finding their way early in this season, a game in, and here they are in game number two, and they're doing whatever they want. So I guess, uh, as advertised, they're starting to look like, uh, you know, I mean, this game's got a long way to go, but they're starting to look like a very dangerous team to me. You know what I mean? Just having Kawhi Leonard on the floor with this uh, team makes him just so much different because this was the same team last year, right, with what? Who'd they have? Uh, but, you know, they didn't have, uh, obviously, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. George isn't playing. But this team looked a lot like it did now. Lou Williams, all the rest of them, right? And And you never really feared them at all. Right? Doc Rivers, I always thought, they're not going anywhere. I literally, I always said that. that. I mean, they've never done anything. Now, all of a sudden, they're the hottest ticket in town, and they look fantastic just having him on the floor. I like Harold. I like some of the guys on that team. I love Lou Williams. That guy can score in a phone booth. But he is just dynamic. But it's the difference maker is Kawhi, and it is just unbelievable to me how he has elevated his game to a point where I said this last night, he is the best player in the NBA. Everybody, it's Giannis, this, that. I get it. He's the MVP. But how can you say Kawhi Leonard's not the best player in the NBA when a guy literally took Toronto on his shoulders and won the NBA championship, right? Where was Giannis? I mean, honestly, like, he didn't even make the finals, did he? So they give out all these awards for regular season success. Nobody cares about that, do they? Seriously, at the end of the day, what do they care about? Rings. That's it. And that guy was the reason Toronto finally won a championship. They would have never won a championship without him because they've never sniffed one. Remember when it was DeRozan and Lowry? They couldn't sniff it. They get that guy one season, he wins it. Now he's on this team. And he is, it's so obvious now, every time he plays, he's the best player in the NBA, bar none. I, I don't care what anybody says. Bottom line is, if you go to the playoffs and win it all with Toronto, and then you go make that money he made and go to L.A., it's, you know, I get it. I think Giannis is incredible. I love watching him. I bet on them tonight. I love the Bucs. I think they're a good team. But he didn't get it done, right? I mean, bottom line, the rest of that team was loaded. I thought Middleton, Brogdon, they were loaded, and they didn't get it done, right? And all, all I know is this other guy 
nothing stopped him. Not the Warriors, nobody. No one could stop him. He did whatever he wanted. And I mean literally at both ends of the floor. He plays defense like no other. All they ever talk about in this world is LeBron James this, LeBron James that. Every day, all day, that's all anybody ever talks about is LeBron James. Meanwhile, the guy they should be talking about nonstop is Kawhi Leonard. How do you stop him? You can't. You cannot stop this guy. I've seen every defense in the world try to stop him, and he just continues to pour in buckets. And I mean, his game offensively is so unbelievable because I never thought he was this guy right in San Antonio. I never, I thought he was really good on a really good team, but I never knew that he could just by himself do this, like just legitimately go in and take over games by himself. Yeah, well, unfortunately, for a big part of his career in San Antonio, he was overshadowed by the guys he was playing with because, you know, he's playing with three Hall of Famers. So everyone was focused on them. Even towards the end of their careers, he was the one carrying, you know, the team to the finals and the championships. And then, you know, San Antonio as a team seems to go unnoticed until the finals when they show up in the playoffs every year. It was You're right. They only talked about Parker and Ginobili. And, I mean, that guy's incredible. He's been incredible his whole career. The MVP has never been about who is the actually most valuable player. Because if it was, LeBron James would have won it like for 10 years straight before the last couple of years. If you look back at the last 20 years, it's all about flash and scoring and that. Because the stats. only four of them has that guy won the championship the year that he was MVP. Tim Duncan in 2002, LeBron twice back-to-back in 11-12 and 12-13, and then Steph Curry in 14-15. Otherwise, it's all guys who go to the playoffs, flame out, and their team doesn't do enough. Well, that's amazing look, look, to me. You can't guy, tell me he's the best player if he can't get it done. This guy has done something that only a couple guys in the history of this league have done. He's won NBA Final MVPs with multiple teams. Forget that. Mafia's right. Th- that year, towards the end there in San Antonio, those guys might be Hall of Famers. This guy is the guy that is the reason they beat the Heat that year, was Kawhi Leonard. He's the reason they won that title. That's why he was NBA Finals MVP. Then he goes to Toronto and wins another one there. So only LeBron and Kareem had done it before him. Now he's got a chance to do something that nobody's done. Three teams. Three teams. Could you just think about that? Winning it with three teams. He's got a crack to do that out in L.A. There's no doubt. I have to ask you a question. When you see the Draymond Green, what like I have no idea what he did to his elbow, but he definitely did something to it because he is absolutely writhing uh, with, you know, pain. It's driving him nuts. Like even he came back in the game. He's got a, a wrap on his um, – it's his right arm. And he's he's got a wrap around it. It's like the upper forearm up to the elbow, like right about at the, you know, the point of the high forearm into the elbow, right? Like right up the arm. But he just keeps rubbing it. Like, it's driving him nuts. Like, he's really struggling with it. I don't understand, to be honest with you, what possibly could have happened on that screen. Because I saw the screen. It was no big deal. It right, seemed like nothing. It was no big deal. I did the exact same illegal screen last night, Mafia. You remember that I got called for that screen? I do, yes, early in the game. But I don't understand that. What You saw the screen. I don't see why he's injured. What happened? I don't even understand how he's injured. I don't know. It didn't seem like there was any major contact, like there was any there was know, nothing. Elbow, you know, like joint-on-joint you know, collision that would have hurt him or something like that. It just seemed like a harmless play, but who knows? You just hit something's right sometimes, and it could be sprained, chipped. Who knows? Hairline fracture that we don't, you know, can't see. But it seems like the play that they're showing over and over again that they're saying, you know, it probably happened on, seems like nothing happened. The screen. But, 
for some reason, that's what knocked him out for a little bit there. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, Chris in Fort Lauderdale, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Pharrell, I had a question for you. So hey. uh, I don't know if you saw the Heat game last night at all. Yeah. Uh, Justice Winslow, I feel like he's emerging as a decent point guard, surprisingly. Um, do you think they can, Miami can become a top three team in the East? And secondly, uh, Eric Spolstra, top five coach in the NBA? Well, uh, you know, we've uh, had this argument before, and uh, we know that the NBA GMs uh, voted him the second-best coach in the league behind Popovich. I don't argue with the fact that what he's done in Miami is is pretty uh, special. I think that he's been a great coach considering uh, what he's had to, you know, deal with and work with. I mean, it's one thing to have LeBron, Wade, Bosh, and, you know, Allen – uh, that's it. That's you know I could have coached him, uh, but it's everything he's done besides the fact uh, when 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 those guys were gone and it was over. What he's done with nothing, no payroll, like no you know the teams have been you know trash, and he still made it work and made them competitive and made them winners and uh, made you know you play them you got your hands full. I think he's been an excellent coach. Uh, I I really do. I like him a lot. And uh, do I think? Um, that they'll be a top three team in the East? No, I don't. Uh, and I don't know. I, I like, you know, Winslow's had his moments. I won't deny that he's he's had, you know, some flash in the league. But uh, I think overall, for the most part, um, he really hasn't done anything since he's been in the NBA. I mean, he's had a few moments uh, where he's looked really good. But I certainly, you know, he makes a lot of money for a guy that, you know, disappears every week. You know, he does, he'll have one good game maybe a week. But last night he had a big game, whatever, 27, something like that. I saw it. He had a really good game last night. I know, wasn't he, like, in their doghouse, like, a week ago or something? And, uh, you know, they were mad at him or something. Like, the guy can play. There's no doubt he can play. But um, he's been, for me, a little bit, I'm just saying, wildly inconsistent, uh, you know, some nights he disappears completely, you know, he does nothing. And then other nights he'll play like he did last night. So, um, you know, I think he's a good player with talent. And, you know, I don't know why his game isn't better every single night, like that he's, you know, would be more consistent with his game. But, I mean, I'm sure it's something he's working on. I don't believe at all, uh, you know, even with Jimmy Buckets, uh, I still have a hard time believing uh, that they're a top three team in the East. Uh, I really do. Because I still think it's the Bucks, the Sixers. You know, you're talking about the, uh, you know, Celtics. And then, you know, you got Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. And they were already good. They were already a playoff team. They already had talent. Toronto won the NBA championship. They're still loaded minus uh, Kawhi Leonard. And, um, you know, then I'd put him in that uh, pack right there, right after uh, those teams, right after that fact. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Make sure you sign up for PharrellOnTheBench.com. Get all my football plays for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, college and pro. Last week, 69% in college, including seven of my top ten plays hitting. And NFL, 71% for the week. Bets covered. Bottom line, uh, last night, 20-5 and five in bets in the NBA, World Series, and NHL. Perfect in the NHL. Had a huge night tonight. PharrellOnTheBench.com. 
Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. That's uh, that's incredible. How about our guy getting uh, a promotion, uh, Mafia? I can't say anything on the air, but how about our, our uh, basketball buddy getting a big promotion? I'm excited for him. Yeah, it's awesome him. Great job by him, you know, working his way up there. So I, I'm still confused, uh, Carver High, about this hire by the Padres. Honestly. I, I, I mean, I just don't understand. What, what are you doing? I, I don't get it. 38 years old. What's this guy's name again? Uh, Jace Tingler. He uh, worked at the Rangers for years. Uh, he played in the minors. He was an assistant GM, a field coordinator. Um, he, he managed in the lower levels three seasons overseeing Dominican Summer League and Arizona League. Um, not the Arizona Fall League. It's different. And, I mean, he's currently managing uh, a team in the Dominican Winter League, and the GM said that they met with him in the DM uh, on Monday. They worked together during their time with the Rangers, and I guess that's what uh, made him choose him, right? Because Preller's the guy, right? So he went with someone he knew or something? Guess so. Like, originally they said that they were going to hire Ron Washington. They never said that, but everybody thought they were going to hire Ron Washington, the veteran, and then he would have been an apprentice role, uh, Tingler, under him, and that he would have transitioned into the job in, in the coming years. I just give it to him now. So th- what they did was give it to him now. Now, uh, you know, one of the things he's got going for him, I'll say this, is that I don't think uh, Andy Green ever, he never won more than 71 games. By the way, the Edmonton Oilers just tied up the Capitals with uh, 44 seconds left in that game in Edmonton. It's 3-all now, and it looks like it's headed to overtime. But they caught them. They were down 3-2 the whole third period, and they caught them. So it's been a really good game. I've been watching it. It's been better in this Warrior game, I'll tell you that much. I will say this. They got you know Machado, Hosmer, Myers... And uh, they say, you know, everybody, they think they're going to take the next step to being, uh, you know, a good team. I just don't see how this is that, you know, step. I I don't see how that makes uh, them, you know, better or makes them, you know, become any better than they already are. You know what I mean? Like, they've never won, I mean, four years, what was he there? Four years, never won more than 71 games? 71 games, that's pathetic. Isn't it? I mean, is is that not pathetic? That's why he's out of a job. But uh, I don't understand this. At some capacity, don't you have to, like, think about, you know, hiring someone with, like, you know, managerial experience that's done it? Like, I mean, honest to God. Here's, I, here's my problem. I don't get it. It's uh, like this guy's been in the Dominican League. What in the hell are they doing? Like, like, I think the Padres need to decide what what direction are they going in. Like, I get for years they were— They're going in circles. Well, like, it seems like they're trying to spend money and get better that way at the same time as going with youth and, and inexperience um, in some areas. Like, like, if you're a team that's signing guys like Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer and, and doing things like that— you would expect that that means you're in somewhat of a win, somewhat sort of soon type of mode. Right. But then you go and you hire an inexperienced manager 
I don't know. It just it, it it's like which which if you had a team that you knew you had no expectations, you didn't care if you won or not. You have a lot of young guys, you know, which they do. They have Tatis, they have the kid Paddock, the pitcher. Maybe he grows with them, and and. But you they know, got Hosmer and Machado. They got a, a good that's team. That's what I'm saying. If you, it, why are you, it's like you're trying to do two things at once, and it's you know what's going to happen, and if they're not going to be good again, whether this guy survives, whatever, they're going to eventually sell off Hosmer and Machado. It's just the cycle just continues to go round and round. Like get you know what, say what you want about the Marl, you know the Marlins. You know they stripped everybody out. At, at least they're. Like the Astros did, and they're just starting completely from the bottom, from scratch. Right. You know. Well, they're not giving guys three hundred million dollar contracts. Right, but I'm saying they that well they they did right before they so scrapped it. Think, they gave Stanton three hundred million okay, before they scrapped so, everything. So you th- well, I'm sure they uh, I'm sure they had a plan to get rid of him. Do you think that's the same plan that the Padres will have for Machado? If they have another sixty eight win year, yeah, uh, that's that'll be their plan. Like you're hiring this guy, what, maybe this guy's gonna end up being the greatest manager ever. Who knows? Yeah, good luck. But it just, it doesn't fit signing Machado and Hosmer. It doesn't fit with bringing in a first-time manager who's never done anything. I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me the way that they're going around this whole uh, organization. I, I don't get it. I'd rather have Buck Showalter, a wax doll of him, sitting there. Honestly, like a like a you know Madame Tussauds, like have a little wax doll like sitting in the dugout, and everybody thinks he's real. Remember, maybe uh, Bobby Valentine with a disguise on, like a mustache and a and a glasses and a hat. Wouldn't he have been better? Uh, like you know, uh, a guy in disguise. <laughs> maybe the guy that played at that high school. Uh, remember, I say the story this week. The guy that. They, they started the player and oh, gave, yeah, that they gave it. They gave him a new name. Suspended and they gave him a new name. <laughs> Pretended he was a freshman. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's the best player in the city. <laughs> and he they let him play with a new name. That is great. That's what the uh, Padres should have done. Get like a, a faux manager. <laughs> Casey in Jacksonville, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on, Case? Well, I mean, I <clears throat> pardon me. I normally miss your show because I'm I got to crash out. Right. I know I'm a day late, dollar short. But I I was really curious. I live in Jacksonville. I was really curious on your take on the Jalen Ramsey situation. I mean, here in Jacksonville, I mean, it was the the biggest crock that you've ever seen. And I I wanted to see what what you thought about the whole thing and whether or not. We came out on top. The Rams came out on top, or, or what you thought about it? I just want to hear what you have to say about it. Oh, the Rams definitely came out on top. Uh, they got Ramsey, and uh, he was miserable playing for you, and he wanted out, and I think he he got his way, and I think he faked his injury. There was no injury. There's nothing wrong with him at all, uh, and he just played the Jaguars like a fiddle. And uh, I think he's a, a pain in the ass. Um, he's another guy that's me first. Uh, we all know that's true. I mean, the guy goes on record every single day saying he's the best player in the league. Uh, no one's better than him. Every quarterback in the league sucks. Uh, he, he's just a, a complaining pain in the ass. And as far as I'm concerned, they're better off without him, uh, to be honest with you, because they actually played their best football of the season without him. And they've been pretty tough, I think, defensively without him. 
And uh, Minshew's done a good job uh, running the team at quarterback and, you know, not caring that he's not playing. Uh, you can't tell me that doesn't turn off teammates, that you got some guy that's so selfish that it's all about him and this side freak show that he puts on, and he got his way. From what I was told, that his entire problem, he had problems with Marone for sure, but it was more Tom Coughlin he couldn't stand. So uh, we all know about Tom Coughlin. He's, he's old school. He's like General Patton, right? He's just absolutely a authoritarian. He's like Mr., you know, uh, all business, no pleasure. Uh, he was that way with the Giants. Uh, the only time he wasn't was when they were going to fire him. And then they, you know, basically got him to put on an act, which I think was totally an act. Do you remember when he became nice and started being cool to the players and, and like, letting them, you know, do whatever and just be loose and, and laugh and enjoy each other and, and high-five and dance around and, and party? Do you remember when he let them do that? And then they won the Super Bowl, right? So uh, the fact is I think he was faking it then, and I think he's exactly who he is. I think Coughlin is, is, a, is a dictator, and that's who he is, and he's never going to change. That whole bit in, in New York was fake and phony, and so he went down to Jacksonville, and he's been back to his old you know f field general role of being Chuck in charge and ordering around the players, and I don't think uh, you know this uh, young Ramsey millennial, whatever you want to call him, he's just an absolute antichrist. He's just, uh, he doesn't listen to anybody. Uh, he thinks he's the white devil, and he's not going to put up with it, and he's just not going to have it, and he wanted it out, and he got his way. Now he's in L.A. He's made all kinds of promises that he's, you know, going to – he's not going to uh, fight him on a uh, an extension. He said the only thing that if they give me a franchise tag, uh, then we're going to have problems. So he's already warned them. He's already warned them. He's threatened them. Don't franchise me or we're going to have problems. This guy is the epitome of the modern-day athlete now that absolutely – uh, does whatever it takes, dirty or otherwise, to get what he wants. And I think it's a really bad sign for the NFL that they let him get away with it. And uh, more and more now we're seeing it in uh, the NBA, and we're seeing it definitely in the NFL where players are uh, having these mild protests that turn into giant protests that turn into getting their way and getting out. That's all it was. He got out, you lose, he's gone. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, good riddance. By the way, the Oilers scored in overtime to win that game and beat the Capitals. They were down 3-2, and they won it 4-3. So they stole that one tonight at a home in Edmonton for Alberta. Big win for him there. So they got Clay Thompson on uh, interviewing him on TNT at halftime about uh, his knee surgery and where he's at. And uh, the Clippers are kicking the Warriors' ass in that game. It's just so weird seeing him play with just Curry. And Green. And Green's all banged up here tonight with his elbow or whatever the hell it is. So Thompson's in a, a suit. You know, he's in his sport coat the whole season, sitting on a bench, uh, just like Durant is. It's unbelievable that both of those guys got injured and uh, they're out a year, right? How crazy is that, that they're both out a year? That we're not going to see – we're definitely not going to see Kevin Durant for a year. Next, next November – Late October, you'll see him at this very time next year. He'll be playing for the Nets in their whatever home opener. I saw the video cover I was talking about. He looked less than thrilled to be there last night. Uh, he wouldn't even smile, Durant. He just absolutely is the Grim Reaper. Uh, speaking of uh, athletes that you can't please or make happy, uh, that guy's on his own island, I got to tell you. 
He's a, he's as grim as they come. He really is. But who cares when he starts scoring? The guy, that's all I want him for is that sick jumper of his. In his mid-range game. The guy dominates games. 855-212-4227. Don't forget the podcast that his show comes out after the show on Twitter, at Scott Farrell, at On The Bench CBS, and on Facebook.com slash Farrell On The Bench. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.